White Sox, White Sox, go, 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 go. Call your sons, call your daughters. Holy cow. You can't put it on the board. Yes. Yes. It's a perfect game. Red Echo, Grand Slam. A White Sox winner and a world championship. Jimenez, he's your hero tonight. Thanks, Cubs. The dynamic duo of Herb Lawrence and Chris Tannehill. Those two are like a tag team, you know. Come with me to Southside of Chicago. Hi, this is Jim Tomey, and the best White Sox talk is on Locked On Sox Podcast with Tanny and Herb. Hello, and welcome back to Locked On Sox. My name is Herb Lawrence. My co-host is Chris Tannehill. Chris, how is everything going for you? Oh, everything's great as we... uh Approach the weekend here. It's in sight. It's been a long week for everyone. But tonight's episode of Locked on White Sox is brought to you by Built Bar. Just go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code Locked On. That's promo code Locked On, and you'll get 20% off of your next order at BuiltBar.com. Shout out to all the people on Twitter who have been asking us for that promo code. You can never give it away too many times, and people are ordering up their Built Bars uh, throughout the year. So we thank you for your support, as always, and we thank Built Bar. All right, so let's get into it tonight, Herb, episode. We talked about it last episode. We're at episode 69 tonight. And uh, <laughs> yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Just just say nice because I, I mean, you, I know you I want mean, to. Everybody who's listening, they're just like nice, oh, nice. <laughs> get it because it's a joke. Um, yeah, uh, but but thankfully we can just move right along because there is no White Sox player who wore the number sixty nine. You would think that some douchey relief pitcher would have like worn it at some point. This is really quite an upset here. Very much so. Like, see, the team's been around for. 100 plus years and nothing from the 69s. I mean, I know 69 and it's uh, in the nomenclature has only been around pretty much what the last 20, 30 years really being popular. So I would think, yeah, uh, a Boone Logan would have rocked that <laughs> or somebody. So I just issued that. I didn't really see a 69 in spring training. That's weird. Right. Very weird. Yeah. Is Maybe it, they don't have it. Maybe that's like, nope, we're not doing it. We're not dealing with it. Yeah. <laughs> that's no. a possibility. But, uh, all right, so that, that means we can just get right into it tonight. So we, we got some hardware being uh, handed out. Hopefully it, this is the first of uh, many uh, significant awards for White Sox players this offseason. Uh, we have three Silver Slugger awards handed out to White Sox hitters today. Uh, Jose Abreu, uh, the recipient of one for first base, leading the American League in hits with 76 and slugging percentage at 617. Of course, notably the 60 RBI in 60 games, 19 homers, and uh, just an incredible year and possibly an MVP award coming for Jose. Tim Anderson winning one for shortstop. He hit 322 following up his successful year in 2019 where he won the batting championship, of course. Uh, 10 home runs and 11 doubles uh, led the American League in 45 runs scored, but we all know he was sort of like the the spark plug for the White Sox offense. If Abreu is the league MVP, T.A. is the team MVP for sure. And Eloy Jimenez winning his first Silver Slugger award for left field, hit 296 with an 891 OPS uh, with 14 homers and 41 RBIs. A quiet, a really, really quiet Really solid year from Eloy Jimenez this year. Uh, just you know, we and they did a press conference after receiving the awards tonight, where they talked about uh, recruiting free agents and Tony Larusa a little bit. But uh, your your thoughts on on any of those guys? I guess you could say you know I, I could ask you which of those three guys was your favorite to watch this year out of Jose, Ta, or Eloy. 
We're just talking strictly with the bat, right? Yeah, absolutely. Who? Well, actually, I'm going to go with Tim Anderson because everything he did this year was shocking to me. Like, he provided the power bat. The fact that he killed left-handers, killed them. And the White Sox as a team did that. But him in particular was like the best hitter versus left-handers and for power, lots of power. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I remember it was like his slugging versus left-handers was like 1,000 and just ridiculous. He used to eat Matt Boyd's lunch, and Matt Boyd right now was having nightmares about Tim Anderson and facing him, what, five, six times next year and, and years down the line. So, yeah, Tim just did a lot of things where it was just like, I doubted him. I doubted Jose famously. And I just think that what Tim did was just more of a surprise to me. Like he's kept going and got better. Jose, we've seen him be great before. I mean, maybe not this great, but been great in his career before. Tim, like, man, just a guy that I didn't think could be a leadoff guy. Not only is a good leadoff guy, like he gets hits. He did the things that we talked about where he got on base because he was hitting, not because he was walking, even though he did use that a little bit more. And I enjoyed every one of his at-bats for the most part. At the end, kind of slowed down and his average went down. But for the most part, Tim was not fooled. And he made on-the-fly adjustments to what pitchers were doing to him. Like same at-bat, same game adjustments to what Tim's, uh, what uh, pitchers were doing to him. What about yourself? Who out of those three guys did you enjoy watching the most? Well, you know, just to, to piggyback off your TA comments, you know, I think a year from now, I think we're looking at a deep postseason run by the White Sox, and we could be talking about Tim Anderson as being a superstar. Like, I think he, you could automatically just put him in that category now if you wanted to. You can make the argument, but I think, you know – he he changed the way I see this franchise after his playoff performance. After, you know, talking that shit before the postseason started, and then backing it up, and and just flipping the switch and turning back into that guy that the offense needed uh, right when the playoffs started. It gave me a lot of faith going forward in terms of how these guys are going to perform when the lights go on next year, when the lights get brighter, when there's more people in the stands, when, when the pressure is even higher. Like I have a lot of faith in Tim Anderson and, and, and because of that, the organization in general, like you feel better just about him being there and his presence on the team. You feel like they got that draft pick, right? And he's a good guy that's going to lead your, your organization for the next few years in your title window. But, you know, I like what Jose Abreu did this year. You know, I'm, I'm kind of a sentimental guy. Like I, you know, I'm kind of a, a goober in that regard like I bought the the infield dirt that you know from Paul Canerco's last game you know because like uh, you know I'm so sentimental as far as baseball goes so like I didn't have as big of a problem when they re-signed Jose Abreu as you did I know you mentioned that on Twitter today how mm-hmm. you said you were wrong which you know I think most people would say they were wrong I I just didn't voice my opinion but I was probably like and eh, you could probably find a better option but I, as it turns out you couldn't find a better option. Like this guy, he'll probably win the MVP award. And I love it in baseball when a guy gets older and everyone wants to automatically say, oh, yeah, you know, this guy's a year older. It's going to be slower. It's time to replace him. But I love it when guys show up and put the work in and perform day in and day out and lead by example, as Jose has done ever since he got here in 2014. So just seeing a guy 
you know, you think he's out of his his prime window years, and and there he is putting together an MVP caliber performance this year in 2020. I just love watching him day in and day out and just just grinding every day. So, yeah, man, but what's not to like about any of these three guys going forward? You know, you have no reason to believe that Jose is going to slow down next year. He may, he's going to taper off a little bit. He's not going to have 162 RBI like he was on pace, you know, for this year. That That's not sustainable. But you figure with a little uh, more breathers, uh, days of rest in in the middle of the season, you know, sprinkled throughout the way, he could have just as productive a season next year with with maybe some help in the lineup. So he gets more off days and he doesn't feel that pressure where he has to play every day. You know, we talked about that at the end of the year. Like maybe it would have been beneficial for him to get a little bit more rest before the postseason. But what's done is done at this point. But yeah, just it was good to see those guys get some uh, get some shine today. Uh, Ta the first shortstop for the White Sox to win it since uh, Alexei Ramirez. So uh, yeah, it's good to have the, the those numbers from the shortstop position as well. But uh, they met the media uh, after receiving these awards today, and there were some uh, interesting comments. It was your first comments on record about new manager Tony La Russa. We had Lucas Giolito on the station the day before La Russa was hired, so you had to figure he would know something at that point, but he couldn't comment on it. But today was the first time a White Sox player was in front of the media, and they were given the opportunity to talk about their new manager and also about Rick Renteria being fired. But uh, we'll start with T.A. It was T.A. and Eloy on, on the same call together. Jose Abreu released a statement about his award before the, the uh, Zoom call was made. But here's what uh, T.A. said. The first question asked to him about Tony La Russa was uh, if he's going to change his style up to uh, sort of uh, conform to Tony La Russa. Do you think you might have to tailor your style at all to – to suit Tony's personality, and how do you no, think your it. first bat flip is going to go <laughs> over with him? No, I won't change my style the way I play for Tony. <laughs> <laughs> that won't happen. I will continue to be me. Um, I always have and I always will be. Um, and you know, um, I don't know. You know, we'll see what happens, I guess. You know, if, if I do do a bat flip or if I pimp one, we'll see what happens. Um, but, my man. No, I will not be changing the way I play or, you know, the way I approach the game. Are you at all curious to see how that meshes, you know, just your personality with his? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm excited to talk to him, you know. Yeah. I'm going to ask him. I'm going to ask him. I'm going to ask him, have you been reading? You know, a lot of people have been saying we're not going to get along, so I'm going to, you know, ask him. <laughs> you know, why, why you think that? So, uh, you know, we see, man. I'm, I'm excited about it. Um, you know, ho- hopefully we can turn this negative around into a positive and, uh, you know, keep moving and, uh, you know, keep enjoying the game and keep having fun with it. And, uh, you know, can't get sidetracked of what the ultimate goal is. That's our leader right there. That, that's T.A. How much, do we, how much do we love T.A. after those comments right there? So great. And I wouldn't expect him to say anything else. Like, yeah, right. Even before the guy finishes answer, or his question, T.A.'s like, no, nah, I ain't changing shit. No, I'm good, man. <laughs> yeah, like I, like he knows. He hears it. He, Tim's smart. He's He's got his uh, – his eyes on Twitter and here's what people are saying about Tony La Russa. And yeah, he, he, yeah, he's our leader. I, he's the face of the team. I mean, Jose might be the better player overall, but I think the team follows what Tim does. Uh, Not necessarily his words, but his actions. And so that's good to hear. It's excellent to hear that he's still Tim and he won't change. And I knew that that wouldn't happen, but it's good for him to put uh, uh, some words to it. Yeah, man. I think ultimately this is much ado about nothing. I, I think this is not even going to be an issue. Like people act like, like 
T.A. is so disrespectful and he's out there moonwalking after each home run and and bat flipping and bat tossing after every every opportunity. Like it's not it's not like that. And I, I think Tony La Russa is going to realize like, OK, this this is my best player. This is my clubhouse leader, the most vocal leader. So I'm going to let him do his thing. And again, just go back and, and do yourself a favor. All you younger Locked On White Sox listeners out there, go back and just watch some of those Oakland A's videos. Watch the best of Ricky Henderson highlight video and, and watch him uh, run the bases after a home run. It just It's one of my favorite things in the world. And I think just that that's that's the begin and end all right there. Like I never heard of Tony La Russa trying to change someone's style. I think it's people fall on their narratives. They love them so much. Like, they, you know, they keep them warm and comfortable at night to have these narratives like, oh, this is going to be an automatic rift because, you know, it, it generates clicks and things like that. But ultimately, I don't see this being a thing. And, and I don't think it's fair uh, for us to project that on, on Tony La Russa uh, as far as things that happen within the confines of a baseball game that he's going to all of a sudden make these guys change who they are. Like, you know, that, that, that you know, baseball is so personality driven. I, I don't think you mess with something that works, but I, I love TA just putting, you know, um, you know, making his stance known as we knew he would, that he's not going to change who he is. And I'm, and I'm glad I, I would expect nothing less from him. And I'm so happy uh, that he's not going to be altered by whoever is is managing this year. Uh, but there's uh, more uh, more questions asked to TA about Larusa and about some possible uh, free agent acquisitions that could be coming to the South Side. TA, people that you've called, what have they told you about Tony? If you've talked to other guys, and I'm curious, uh, you know, there's there's that Trevor Bauer guy out there who was rumored to he was a free agent. Maybe he could end up in Chicago, would you like that? And, and uh, is, is T.A. doing any recruiting this offseason? Uh, <laughs> you all have been there. Um, uh, what was the first one again? <laughs> what What are people telling you about Tony? Uh, no, they said I'm going to like him. They said I'm going to love him. Um, so that's kind of, you know, kind of why I'm excited, you know, to see, you know, what type of person he is and, you know, uh, also to, you know, learn his knowledge uh, of the game as well. Um, I know I'm not doing any recruiting. Um, and yeah, it's, it's open, you know, uh, Trevor Byers, he's competitive and, uh, you know, if he come here and, and compete, then yeah, it's, it's definitely, we're definitely open. <laughs> so, you know, he said that he's not actively recruiting guys like Trevor Bauer. Do you have a problem with that? The first thing that pops in my mind when guys say they don't recruit is you think of. Derrick Rose in the NBA, you know, 10 years ago, man, it was 10 years ago already, you know, the, how it was notable. And then moments after, like during the LeBron James initial free agent courting process, like, you know, Derrick Rose is on the forefront saying that he wasn't going to recruit. Then you, you remember uh, the all-star game in 2011 where, you know, D Wade and LeBron are all up there dancing. And then there's our guy, Derek Rose, you know, just, you, you just with that scowl on his face, like, you know, not being a part of the, the, the foolishness. Um, but then, you know, of course, <laughs> Carmelo Anthony, the, that whole situation came later on. But I think in retrospect, like we, you know, as much as we love D Rose at the time for not uh, trying to recruit and when we thought oh you know that that's our guy and we'll, we're riding with our guys because that Bulls team was pretty strong uh, in those years but ultimately it, looking back at it in hindsight you wish maybe he would have recruited a little bit more and I don't know if baseball is different in that regard but it feels like there's uh, a changing in the guard here and 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 the way players it's only a matter of time before that NBA philosophy of you know team building and this sort of intermingling 
and 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 guys, you know, not plotting, but you know, planning on on their next free agent destination. It's only a matter of time before it, it makes its way into baseball. If it hasn't already, we just don't hear a lot about it. But uh, you know, do, what do you feel when when you hear Ta said he's he's not actively recruiting Trevor Bauer? I'm fine with it. You know, I would prefer him to, but Ta is his own man. He doesn't feel like doing it. I don't feel like pressuring him to do it. So, you know, I think it's not his job to do that. It's Rick Hahn. It's Kenny Williams, Jerry Reinsdorf's job to lure these guys in with big-time money offers and whatever they can say or do to say, this is your best situation. You can have Trevor Bauer, Marcus Stroman, et cetera. Um, I don't know if uh, the the having of Tony La Russa is going to deter these guys from coming here. I think at the end of the day, most will look at the bottom line of money and say, okay, cool, I'm going to the White Sox because they're offering more money at an at a absorbent amount more money than this team. If all things being equal, the manager might matter in that regard because, you know, you don't want, maybe we don't want to be for a guy, especially a hitter, a guy who is like all in your business and micromanaging everything you're doing and all your fun. Uh, I'm sure Trevor will love him for, Hey, let me stay in the game because you're an old school manager. You're going to let me go seven, eight, but he also wouldn't love him because he's trying to tamp down all the fun type of type of stuff. I remember, I, like tonight, I went into a place called Cookie Spin right here in uh, North Center Lincoln uh, Square, and the guy who owns the place, his name is Joe, he was on the phone talking to a customer, and he hung up the phone, literally looked at me, and he just said, why? Why? And I know Joe's a White Sox fan, big-time White Sox fan, and I just said, man, I don't know why. Like, this is going to mess up everything for the white Sox. he's like he said well tim cannot be happy about this and i said did you see the, the message he's like yeah tim is pissed and tim is like you know i'm not gonna change who i am and he hasn't even reached out to me that's another quote i know we might play it later like tony russa hasn't reached out to tim anderson one of the leaders he's been hired like a week right tanny yeah, I was going to ask you about that. You know, he he sort of dropped that little tidbit in there dur- during the Bauer answer, but I wanted to ask you about that. Uh, but before we we dive deeper into that, there's there's that uh, the concern about Tony La Russa not reaching out, and there's also some encouraging news uh, on the if you have uh, any any issues or questions about the White Sox maybe not spending money this off season, uh, there was one report out there that that was uh, circulating today that may uh, have you feeling a little bit more encouraged uh, on that front. But uh, before we get to that. This episode of Locked on White Sox is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar, it's the best tasting protein bar ever. And now the improved Built Bar is somehow even delicious-er. I don't even know if that was possible, but it certainly is. The new Built Bar has six brand new flavors, including caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. And there's also those 12 original flavors that you know and love so much. It's peanut butter brownie, uh, my personal favorite, the German chocolate, peanut butter, 
salted caramel, and of course, double chocolate because Built Bars, they're always covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft and so easy to chew, and they're not you know grainy and tough like a lot of those other protein bars are on the market. I've had a lot of them. Built Bar, by far my favorite. They're healthy. They're great if you're a health-conscious guy or gal on the go, if you're trying to lose or maintain weight while still indulging in those snacks that we all love so much. Uh, Herb can attest to this, but I keep them in the drawer at work uh, for those sweet tooth cravings around 3 o'clock or so. Uh, They're great for you because they are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, and high-fiber. If you're doing the keto diet, these fit in perfectly to your whole game plan with your macros and all that good stuff. So uh, it's a beautiful thing when you check out our friends at Built Bar. And right now, they're offering a free cooler with purchase while supplies last. Go to BuiltBar.com, use our promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll get 20% off of your next order. Once again, that's promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. All right, Herbie, so Tony La Russa not reaching out after he's been hired as White Sox manager for a good solid week uh, at this point. And there's there's a couple ways to look at this. One is like, you know, Tony knows better than anyone Maybe, okay, these guys, you know, the season just ended. You know, it was a stressful year for a lot of these guys. Like, there's plenty of time to, to, to catch up throughout the course of the offseason. Like, even if you wanted to wait till after the new year, um, you know, to sort of get acclimated with these guys. But that that did kind of, uh, you know, th- that, you know, the, an alarm bell went off for me when, when I heard that comment as well. But uh, it's it certainly, especially, there, there's a few guys you would like to reach out too. You can't talk to every guy in the 40-man while you're still trying to figure out your coaching staff, and maybe it's a situation where he doesn't want to talk to the guys until the whole you know coaching staff is all you know uh, everything's finalized and all that stuff, so we can go into more detail. But yeah, I, I would think you at least you would you would strategically pick a couple guys on your team and look no further than the guys who won awards today, at least T.A. and Jose Abreu. But yeah, that that was kind of concerning to me that he hadn't reached out yet to his star players to sort of just sort of maybe squash any of the those rumors out there about them not getting along, but now they're just feeding into uh, the rumor mill a little bit. It was kind of disappointing when I heard that. With any hiring, especially in a position like that, manager, coach, that you're hired to a team, you as that leader have to reach out to your stars, at at minimum your stars, if not everybody on the team. Football, a little different, 53-man roster, it's tough to reach out to everybody. 26 guys on the White Sox, at minimum, reach out to Jose. At minimum, reach out to Giolito. Talk to Tim. These guys need to be talked. Dallas Keuchel needs to be had has some words with them. Like within a week, plenty of time to pick up a phone after that press conference is done. It, what does it take? Hey, Jerry. Hey, Katie. Hey, Rick. Can I get Ta's number? Can I get Jose's number? I want to say what's up to him. Just shoot the shit real quick with him. Five minute conversation just to say hi. Tell him, hey, this is what I'm about. And uh, clear up anything that needs to be cleared up. It doesn't have to be hours conversation. Just, hey, how's it going? My name is Tony Russo. I'm a Hall of Famer. And I'm your new manager. It's good to meet you. Not like, what's, when's he going to call? Is he just waiting for Christmas to call? You, you've been named the manager. It wasn't popular with everybody, but now you are the guy. Act like it. You're a leader. Do it. And so, yeah, and I know there's some people pushing back and saying, well, Tim should have called out if he wanted it. Like, no, it's on the onus is on the manager to do it. And since Jerry hired him, it's onus is on him too to say, Tony, you have to go and talk to your people. Especially, it seems like he got coached up on all these things about the Players Alliance and 
black players and he doesn't have a racist bone in his body, I would think that they would have coached him up and said, how about you reach out to some of your black players? How about you reach out to some of your team leaders and talk to them and allow them to hear your personality, not just like talk about Ray Langford and Ozzie Smith and whoever the hell you managed in St. Louis. Talk to him personally. Reggie Sanders, or Reggie Sanders, yeah, okay? Yeah, Reggie Sanders, and now he, and, and Harold Baines. Uh, you know, I know black people. How about you talk <laughs> to that black person that you actually have in your clubhouse? So, uh, yeah, it's it's a failure on his part. Hopefully, he hears this, sees all the hubbub. One of the White Sox people knows and sees this after the after this uh, presser, and says, "Tony, it's probably." in your best interest and for the team that you reach out. I'm sure Tim was perturbed by that. It sounded like, you know, Tim doesn't, you know, sound uh, any different when he talks. He just sounds the same kind of himself, swaggy self. But, yeah, I would feel a little perturbed if, like, if, say, if, and I don't like to compare their jobs to our regular-ass jobs, but if Mitch was to leave and they had a new guy in there, I would think that new PD – would call Danny Parkins, would call Dan Bernstein, Mully, Hall, and say, hey, guys, I'm your new PD. This is what I expect. Just wanted to say what's up. You know, when Rachel came in, our our market manager for all the stations we have here in Chicago, seven stations, she sat down with every one of us, maybe in meetings, and introduced herself within, I think, weeks of us being there. And that's a lot of people – in a media market, just so she could say, this is who I am, this is what I'm about, do you guys have any concerns? That's what leaders do. And it seems like Tony's putting the Hall of Fame ring out there and saying, that's what I am, instead of, I'm actually going to be a leader, instead of resting on my laurels in my past, that type of garbage. Yeah, I, I agree. As easy it is to, to make an excuse and say, "Oh, you know, it, it's it's complicated to reach out to you know forty guys on a roster and plus you know coaches and their families," but it's even easier just to shoot a text to TA and be like, "Hey, man, like thinking about you. We'll talk soon. Like, I want you to enjoy your off season, but I want to make it a point to to chat with you at some point whenever you're ready. Just let me know. I'm right here for you. At least that, like that at the at the bare minimum. But yeah, but you know, you wonder what their protocol is. Like, if they're gonna have like another zoom chat with some of the you know with groups of players at a time maybe where everyone can kind of sort of get in front of tony and ask any questions but yeah there's out of all the guys on the team like you would think like that would be the first point of contact would be tim anderson so i think it is a misstep no doubt about it and uh, i wouldn't be surprised if that gets rectified soon like or, or if there was like oh yeah there was you know miscommunication there and he did reach out blah 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 and they try to like you know soft sell it after the fact that it was uh, it was no big deal um uh, lastly there's one more little piece of audio that kind of uh, falls along those lines of what people are saying, what the White Sox players are saying about Tony, and uh, here's that. Hey, Tim, in uh, your conversations with or texts with teammates, um, what is the general reaction uh, to Larusa being hired uh, among the guys on the on the club? I mean, we kind of didn't know. You know, we kind of don't know. You know, because uh, it, it's so much. It's so much news out. Uh, you know, on, on on you know negative and positive. Uh, so it, it's just one of those things that's in the air. So, um, you know, just one of those things we, get, we just got to experience ourselves. Um, we got to just go in and, and uh, you know, see 
see what type of manager he is and and, and learn from him. Um, but yeah, man, we definitely, you know, we, we, it's something we're looking forward to. And, um, you know, we're definitely, you know, kind of excited to see, you know, which way it's going to go. He's a Hall of Famer. He's won three World yeah. Series. Um, everybody knows about his reputation and his record uh, as, as a manager. Um, but he is 76 years old. He hasn't managed in, what, uh, nine years. Is that a concern for you? No. No, he's still been watching the game. Um, so he pretty much still knows what's going on. Um, it's not like he got to get out there and play. Um, so um, all he got to do is just manage us. And uh, I'm pretty sure he still know how to do that. Um, he's, he's Hall of Fame for a reason. So, um, you know, I'm just excited to, you know, see, you know, see. You know, see see the Tony that everybody's talking about. I'm kind of excited about it, you know, to learn from him and, uh, you know, see which way this thing's going to go. I think it would be silly to, to think that Tony's not going to be able to teach these guys a few things here or there, you know, just – uh, I don't know, in terms of the grind of a 162, because it's not a 60-game sprint like it was in 2020. It's going to be a long season, and you you got to think there's going to be a little nuggets of wisdom along the way that, that Tony can drop. But again, it's you know there's still like that mystery. Like your TA said right there, yeah, you hear the good news and the bad news floating around. So now like when you let that stuff breathe and you and you get that stuff in players' minds, like they're thinking about the negative uh, a fallout after that hiring and no one stepped in, intervene and sort of squash it. Like one phone call from the manager or uh, a phone call maybe from the general manager saying, Hey, look, like this is what happened. Like you'll be hearing from Tony in the next coming weeks or days, but just want to let you know where we want you to be you and don't have to worry about any of the stuff that you're hearing about. Like that, that would help too. Like, so, but I think in in terms of the White Sox situation, they're they're very much running around like a chicken with their head cut off right now. Because when's the last time they made this many organizational changes in, in one off season? And then all of a sudden you're talking about them doing it in a couple weeks span. So they're they're they've they got a lot going on right now, and they're they're looking for a new pitching coach. And there's some exciting developments on that front. They're talking about. Uh, hiring, I think Eric Katz is his name. That was uh, Lucas Giolito's high school uh, coach, and and you know they're they're talking about having the staff being balanced with some of the analytics guys, uh, with the old school baseball guys like Tony. But again, like you know, TA mentioned it there. Just it's 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 not ideal at this point to to have him still thinking about the negative stuff that was floating around surrounding uh, Larusa's hire. Don't you agree? I do agree. And with the uh, pitching coach uh, whispers, I first I found out about this stuff from James Fox. And if you guys are listening right oh, now, Foxy. not following James Fox, Future Sox, James Fox broke a lot of stories last year. The man's got his he's got his ear to the ground. He knows the stuff that he's talking about. So follow James Fox. Follow our guy Mike Reagan works at the score with us. Future Sox, they know. 100% what they're talking about as far as prospects. And uh, he, he has that that uh, before everybody else had. And, uh, yeah, I, so I know nothing about the pitching coach, the analytics, and what's going on right there and who knew who in high school or college. James Fox, follow him. But, yeah, it is just uh, so ridiculous uh, that the White Sox are going through so much change. You would think, like, okay, a lot of change. Team – Last place or uh, struggled this year, underachieved? No, thirty-five wins, which Chris Tannehill predicted before the season, by the way, um, and got to the playoffs. That is a huge accomplishment, and all this change. I don't, I don't like change for change's sake. Like, did we get better because we got a different manager? I don't think so. Did we get better because we got rid of Don Cooper? I don't know. I don't know if Don Cooper 
did anything in the last couple of years, but I don't know if he did anything to harm the team. I just, it, that's what worries me. Like, and this change wasn't necessarily from the baseball people. I mean, the change for Ricky and, and Don was from Rick. So the baseball people, but then you go and get Tony LaRusso. That's not baseball people hiring. And I hope, like, I think on the last episode we were talking about, Rick is going to go the analytics way. And he was talking to that guy that I guess he knows and Chris Getz knows from Michigan, who's analytically based. I think he put, he was a Dodgers guy, too. And then he was a, was a Kratz or Katz? So, so, uh, you know what? I kept thinking of our guy Kratzy, Eric Kratz, uh, who, who's a friend of the score uh, and, and Yankees catcher. Uh, I was thinking uh, Eric Katz, but it was Ethan Katz is, is the uh, pitching coach's name from uh, Harvard Westlake High School. So, yeah, Ethan Katz. I was, I was skeptical when it came out of my mouth, but, yeah, it's Ethan Katz. Yeah, and so, yeah, I hope that Rick says, okay, you're going to hire that guy cool i'm gonna fill the rest of the staff and all the rest of the scouts and all of our big time uh analytics sabermetrics department with guys that i've trust that will get the numbers to tony so we put him in the best position before the game because we know during the game he throws that shit out of the tape uh, out of the uh out of the dugout and he just goes by gut and head and heart and that dumb shit so we're gonna over inundate him with numbers and put him in the best position before the game and give these players the information to do that because i think that's where rick wants to go and you should allow your general manager to do what he wants to do if rick would have fired uh ricky renteria and don cooper for the reasons that daryl van scowen said because of they were throwing analytics out during the game and not following his lead and then brought in guys even though i would have disagreed with it like AJ Hinch and extra guys, the like the pitching coach they're talking about right now, I would like. I don't like it, but he's going in the direction he wants to go, the way that he sees fit. Because I disagree with how he was rebuilding, and this thing has worked out so far. And so you give guys like Rick Hahn and Kenny Williams um, the benefit of the doubt after they prove you, they prove that they can do the job correctly. So yeah, I don't like the change for change's sake, but I liked what Rick did to fire Ricky Renteria and Don Cooper because they weren't following his, what he wanted. And I wish that Jerry would allow him to hire his manager. But since it didn't happen, Rick gets to hire all the rest of the people. Cool. I would uh, I would expect him to do what he wants to do with the rest of those hires and not give Tony any say in that, even though Tony tried to get Dave Duncan to come out of retirement. Ugh. God. All right, we're going to stop right here tonight, Herb. Uh, we, we originally recorded this in two different parts. We, 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 we speak at length about free agency and the Francisco Lindor uh, smoke coming out of Cleveland that was reported today by Bob Nightingale. But we're going to stop right here and break this up into two parts uh, as uh, we wrap up the week here on Lockdown and White Sox. But as always, uh, you can email us uh, whenever you want, whenever something pops into your brain, your stream of consciousness connection to us is always available to you. And how can they get in touch with us uh, via email for Lockdown White Sox? Email us at LockedOnSocks at gmail.com. LockedOnSocks at gmail.com. So if you want to reach Chris Tannehill on Twitter, it is Chris Tannehill, me, Ecknerwall23. The show is at Locked on Socks, both on Instagram and on Twitter. So for Chris Tannehill, I'm Herb Lawrence. Thank you for joining us for this episode. Make sure you listen out for the next episode where we talk about Frankie Lindor and your Windians on Locked on Socks.